Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five People That Vanished Without a Trace In today's interconnected world, it seems impossible to disappear without a trace, but still, some people do. The cases on this list show that it does happen, sometimes willingly, other times forcefully. These are five people that vanish without a trace. Number five, Dale Kerstetter. For 27 years, 50-year-old Dale Kerstetter showed up every day for his job as a security guard and maintenance man at the Corning Glassworks in Bradford, Pennsylvania. A divorced man, Dale was close to his family, keeping in touch with his daughters and living with his teenage son. On September 12, 1987, he showed up for work preparing for his 11 p.m. shift on a Saturday night. The following day, when the morning security guard came to relieve him of his duty at 7 a.m., he couldn't find Dale. His brand new pickup truck was still in the parking lot with the keys still in the ignition. Inside the truck was a pack of cigarettes and a carton of milk left untouched. A lunch pail was carefully set out on a table with food, but it was left uneaten. Police were called in and soon a search for Dale began. Police and company employees thought he might have suffered a heart attack or was in dire need of medical attention, so they had to find him as soon as possible. They had sniffer dogs traced Dale's scent, which led them all over his usual rounds except for one area, the second floor near the kiln. There was no trace of Dale anywhere else in the property. During the investigation, police found security camera footage, and it was there they discovered what happened the night Dale disappeared. Shortly after he started his shift at 11.15, a masked man entered the plant. The man is shown meeting Dale and later opening the tank where platinum was stored. The masked person is believed to be someone familiar with the plant, possibly a previous employee or worker, since he even knew where to find the right tools to use to remove the platinum. 
In the tapes, it also showed the masked man coercing Dale to do things. At one point, Dale looks up to the camera. Some say he was asking for help, while others interpret it as flaunting his crimes, believing he was in on the plan to steal the platinum. It's calculated that approximately $250,000 worth of platinum was stolen from the tank that night. Later in the footage, the masked man was seen wheeling out a large bag using a manual forklift. Many think this was the platinum, while others believe it may have been Dale's body inside the bag. Dale's daughters and mother believe he wasn't part of the theft and that he was murdered by the masked man. They cited he wouldn't have prepared his lunch or even left the cameras uncovered so he could be seen. But his employers, even Dale's own son, thinks he may have had something to do with the crime. Apparently, Dale was unhappy with being cut off from a trade program at work, which meant he had to take a pay cut of $5,000 to $7,000. Apart from that, authorities found out he was in deep debt, about $30,000, when he disappeared. As of the moment, authorities are still unsure if Dale is an accomplice or not. It's worth noting, however, the amount of platinum stolen by the masked intruder that night could be carried by one person with ease. The fact he needed to use a forklift to carry the bag and that Dale wasn't seen after this could mean something happened to Dale. As of today, the case remains a mystery. No one has found any trace of Dale and no one knows if he's still alive or dead. Number 4. Stephanie Pars It was just a girls' night out with friends and family for 25-year-old Stephanie Pars from New Jersey. On October 30th, 2019, she attended a psychic event and saw a medium in New Brunswick. Afterwards, she drove to Freehold to her late grandmother's home where she had been living since 2018. Her mother asked her to text her call once she had gotten home. She agreed and left around 10.30 p.m. On the way home, she sent a Snapchat photo of herself to her mother. Stephanie never texted or called her mother that night. Worried the next day, her parents drove by her place to see if she was okay. Her parents saw her car in the driveway. Thinking Stephanie just overslept, they left and returned later in the evening. But when they did, they couldn't find her at home. Her mother called her phone and they found it on the couch, on her phone were several messages from friends and co-workers asking her where she was and why she didn't show up for work. Soon after this, her parents reported her missing. Authorities searched her home and saw no sign of forced entry. Police also organized evidence searches in the area to see if they could find any sign of her. They organized a huge search in Long Pond Park, hoping to find something to explain her disappearance. Days after she went missing, police interviewed Stephanie's ex-boyfriend, John Obelgan. When they searched his phone, they found one image showing sexually explicit behavior to a child. Police arrested and charged John for child pornography. He was detained as a result. The child pornography charges had nothing to do, though, with Stephanie's disappearance. While in custody, prosecutors found out that he had messaged Stephanie ten times in a span of nine minutes before ending in a foul language message just before she vanished. As a result, he became a person of interest in the case. But on November 22nd, after he was released, his parents found John dead inside his home. An autopsy showed the cause of death was hanging. Authorities are mum on whether they suspect him as being involved in Stephanie's disappearance. 
To date, police and Stephanie's family are continuing their appeals to the public. Family and volunteers are conducting search efforts based on the tips they receive. Stephanie is described as 4'11", with brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing blue jeans, a burgundy v-neck shirt, and a burgundy sweater. Anyone who has information regarding her disappearance is asked to contact Detective Sean Murphy from the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office or Detective Daniel Valentine of the Freehold Township Police. Number 3. Danny Philippidis For firefighter Danny Philippidis, six whole days of his life were a blur. On February 7, 2018, the Toronto firefighter was on a ski trip with friends and co-workers at Whiteface Mountain Ski Resort in Wilmington, New York. It was around 2 p.m. Most of Danny's friends had decided they were done for the day and returned to the lodge, but Danny still wanted to go on one last run, and so he did. After 4 p.m., his friends became worried because he hadn't returned. They went out looking for him but couldn't find him and reported him missing. About 250 people, including helicopters, search dogs, drones, and more, searched the Adirondacks during a brutal winter for any sign of the missing Canadian firefighter. All hope seemed lost in finding him after he vanished on the slopes, but six days after being declared missing, he was found disoriented in an airport in Sacramento, California. Someone had called 911, telling them there was a strange man who seemed to be disoriented and needed medical help. Well, at the airport, the 50-year-old called his wife, and upon recognizing his voice, she told him to call 911 right away. When police arrived, they found him wandering the rental car area of the airport. Danny was nonchalant, but it was clear he needed medical help right away, and he was still wearing his ski outfit he was last seen in on the slopes. Danny was cooperative and answered questions, but he wasn't sure how he got to the airport or even to California, all the way on the other side of the country in the first place. All he had in his possession was $1,000 in cash, no ID, and he had gotten a fresh haircut. On the way, he purchased an iPhone to call his wife. As for the haircut, he's not sure why he got it at all. He was repeatedly asked about what happened to him, but he couldn't remember anything. The only thing he recalls was being inside a big red truck and sleeping a lot. He was dropped off in California, 3,000 miles away from where he went missing. Police tried to piece together his travels after he was dropped off. It's believed he spent a night on Richards Boulevard close to the I-5 corridor. It's a well-known area where transients frequent. It's unclear as well how he got to the airport from Richards Boulevard, which was miles away. And Danny also doesn't remember how. Police speculate he may have suffered a brain injury during the incident. They called out an appeal to truck drivers who may have helped a man hitchhike to California. Danny Philippidis returned to Canada and is said to have gone back to work after he was declared fit to return. Number 2. Damian McKenzie It was September 4, 1974. 10-year-old Damian McKenzie was attending a youth camp in the mountains of Victoria, Australia. The camp was run by the Young Australian League and was meant to be a five-day outdoor trip where students could go hiking and engage in various outdoor activities. Every step of the trip was supervised and the children were always kept within sight. 
On that fateful day, a group headed out to Stevenson Falls in Marysville, Victoria. The group used a meandering trail up into the mountains to get to the waterfall. It was a demanding hike, but all the children were supervised and kept within sight. That is, until one of them, Damien, got slightly ahead of the others, briefly disappearing from the view of the guides. They expected to see him soon after they rounded the bend, but to their surprise, the little boy wasn't there. They called out to him, but there was no answer. The supervisors immediately conducted a search of the area, knowing the boy should be nearby. However, they couldn't find him. Authorities were called in, and it launched one of the biggest search operations in Australian history. More than 300 people came in looking for the young boy. The search for him went on for a week. They combed the site and expanded according to where they think the boy could have gone, but admitted it was an unusual search to begin with. When the dogs were brought in to look for the boy's scent, they couldn't find it. In fact, they were just going around in circles because they couldn't find any trace of him at all. What made it even more troublesome was that the area they were looking in was filled with dense brush. Even rescuers said they would have a hard time looking for the boy even if he was just feet away from them and unconscious on the ground because of the thick undergrowth. Eventually, the search operation was called off because of the increasingly terrible weather. There are several theories as to how Damien McKenzie could have inexplicably vanished right on the trail. Many believe he may have fallen on a steep slope and hit the river and was swept away. The river was searched thoroughly, though, and there was no sign of him. Others say it's possible he might have fallen into a mine shaft, which were rife in the area. Then, other people said it's possible he could have been abducted. But no one saw anyone suspicious in the area that day. Plus, rugged terrain would have made it impossible to snatch a boy or move him without being spotted. To this day, there's still no sign of young Damien McKenzie, and authorities still don't know what happened to him. Number 1. Catherine Ott It was 2014 when 56-year-old Catherine Ott vanished. Unlike the previous cases, Catherine's disappearance is out of her own will. She's described as being 5 foot 3 inches tall and about 120 to 140 pounds. She wears glasses and because of it avoids driving at night. According to her family, Catherine underwent a hysterectomy in 2013, which left her with a scar on the abdomen. She's also had various knee problems, including a noticeable scar on her left kneecap from a previous surgery. In May of 2014, she suddenly packed all of her things, left her husband and their home in Lapierre, Michigan. She took her 2003 gray Chevy Impala and drove all the way to her son's home in Gulf Shores, Alabama. She left Alabama on June 17, 2014, learning she would not be able to receive supplemental security income with back pay. At the time, she was wearing a wig and left it at her son's home. Her family filed a missing persons report after the incident, and her children haven't heard from her since. But this wasn't the last time anyone heard of Catherine. In August of 2014, she called her father from St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital in Tennessee. She said she was receiving treatment but didn't specify what, after this call, no one had heard or seen from her since. Although she's filed as a missing person, the case is unusual in that she willingly left and vanished from her family. Many speculate she's suffering from a serious medical condition and for some reason 
didn't want her family to know about it or go through it. It's also possible her illness is terminal and she wanted to exit or be left alone on her own terms. Countless theories were offered by online sleuths as to what happened to her, where she might have gone and why. There are also reports that since 2016, she's been reunited with her family, but the reports aren't validated either. So there were five people that vanished without a trace. Vanishing without a trace is most brutal and painful for those left behind by the missing person. It forces them to ask questions, to wonder what happened, and to ask where their loved ones could be. For the families, it can be endless torture with no answers in sight. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday, so if you enjoyed this one, then please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you soon.